All right. Thank you. Thank our praise team. Thank our choir. And thank all of you for worshiping this morning. If you brought your Bibles, turn to the book of Ecclesiastes. The book of Ecclesiastes, right after uh, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and then uh, Song of Solomon, nestled in between those, you'll find the book of Ecclesiastes. We want to look at Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verses 1 through 2, and I want to share a sermon with you this morning that uh, I've entitled, uh, Coming Back to God. Coming Back to God is taken from Ecclesiastes 5. And we're going to read verses 1 and 2, so if you would, out of respect for God's Word, stand as we read this. I'll read, you follow along, as we read out of the inspired, infallible, inerrant Word of God. Verses 1 and 2, Ecclesiastes chapter 5. God's Word says, Walk prudently when you go to the house of God, and draw near to hear rather than to give sacrifice of fools, for they do not know what they do, that they do evil. Do not be rash with your mouth, and let not your heart utter anything hastily before God. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word this morning. Thank you for our time of worship, and now we pray as we continue to look deep into your word. Father, that your Holy Spirit will speak to us, teach us, give me the words I pray. Father, the right spirit to say them in. And Father, may I listen to you and, uh, Lord, for you to share with me what I'm to say. And Father, help me to be able to stay true to your word. And I make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Ecclesiastes 5, 1 and 2 ask you to read the rest of that book, at, I'm sorry, chapter, chapter 5, and when you have an opportunity. But for the sake of time, this morning we're going to look at verses 1 and 2. Ecclesiastes is a testimony of King Solomon, who had a relationship with the Lord and decided to depart from the Lord, and the result was devastating for his life. That's always the case. Here's a man that was a man of God, decided to, to, to just take God out of the picture of his life, and it turned out to be a very devastating thing for him. So he began to live his life, the scripture says, under the sun. The Bible tells us that we've been raised with Christ, we've been seated with him in the heavenlies, therefore we're to seek the things above where Christ is. We're to seek those things that are above. Solomon, all of a sudden, took God out of his life, and he began to seek the things below the sun, under the sun. So we're to set our affection on things above and not on things below. Always remember, if you're taking notes, this would be Roman numeral number one. Living life under the sun will draw you away from God. Living life under the sun will draw you away from God. When a believer decides that we're going to live our life from an earthly perspective and cut God out of his life, the results are tragic and devastating. So Solomon tried everything that life had to offer under the sun. He was rich. He had everything that money could buy. 
But yet his testimony was that his life was vanity. His life was meaningless. The scripture says he thought life was vexation of spirit in chapter 1, verse 14. However, as you move along through this book, Solomon tells how we can come back to God. And so Solomon came to understand what all of us sooner or later will understand. And that's point two, is that true joy can be found only in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Do we have that, Ashley, on the board? Point number two, that uh, true joy can be found only in a personal relationship with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. And so there's only one place where true joy can be found, and that's in a personal relationship with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. You say, well, Brother Sammy, I, I don't believe that. I mean, I'm having a good time right now. Well, some of you perhaps may be like Solomon was. He had plenty of money. He had plenty of things. All of those things he needed, he had, and then some that he didn't need, he had. And so, uh, but be reminded of one thing, that sin is only for a season. It only lasts for a short time. And so the point is, there's no true lasting joy apart from a personal relationship with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So Solomon begins to take us on a tour to explain how he finally found joy again. And so he goes somewhere. If you would, look at chapter 5, verse 1. The third point on the outline is Solomon begins his return to God by going to the house of God. Look at number verse 1, chapter 5, Ecclesiastes. Walk prudently when you go to the house of God. He'd walked away from God. Things weren't going well. He thought he was going to be happy. He had all the things he wanted, all the money he wanted, but things were just a wreck in his life. And so he goes to the house of God. And that day, we, he would, uh, it would be called the temple of God. He went to the temple. The temple was a magnificent building. It was built by Solomon. It was a multi-million dollar building, a building with gold and, and silver and, and had beautiful furniture, fine furniture. So the point is when, his, when he's talking about the house of God there in verse 1, he's talking about the temple. So when we talk about the house of God today, we're talking about what? We're talking about the church building. We're talking about the church. And so Solomon begins this return to God by confirming that there's a place where a person can go and find a relationship with God. Now, the Bible says there's a place you can, that, that you can have where you can experience an encounter with God. Now, I want this to sink in. And that place is the church. Now, I'm not saying you can't be saved anywhere. You can be saved anywhere. Anywhere. But the church, the Bible says, where two or three are gathered together, there I'm in the midst of them. So the Bible says there's a place that you can have an encounter with God, and that place is the church. When you leave here this morning, you should have had an encounter with God if your perspective was in the right place. 
We'll talk about that a little, long, a little later. Come, he went to the church. He went to the temple. And there he had an encounter with God. And so when we come to church, we're to have an encounter with God. So the church is where people can come and have an encounter with God. That's not saying you can't be saved anywhere, but you should be able to have an encounter with God when you come to church. Point number four. Notice Solomon gives a warning about going to church. Now we need to pay real close attention to this. We're all here this morning in church. He gives a warning. Look at verse 1. He says, walk prudently when you go to the house of God. Now, walk prudently when you go to the house of God. Walk prudently means you watch your step when you go to church. I, I just uh, watch your step. Not meaning where you might fall, but meaning what you might do or not do. Be careful. Watch your step when you go to the house of God. Draw near to hear rather than to give sacrifice of fools, for they do not know that they do evil. So he says in verse 1, walk prudently when you go into the house of God, meaning watch your step. Do, do you know that the Bible says that it's possible, now listen, it's possible to go to church and be worse off than before you went to church. Matthew chapter 15. Matthew 15, verse 8 and, eight and 9. I'm going to look at that just for a moment. Uh, familiar passage. Matthew 15, verse 8. Jesus said, These people draw near me with their mouth. They honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And in vain, they worship me, teaching us doctrines as commandments of men. So Jesus said, hey, be careful, because oftentimes when a person goes to church, they leave worse off having gone than having not gone because they worship me in vain. It's a waste of time. He was saying that there are a lot of people going to church to worship him, but their worship wasn't doing them any good. But in vain, they worship me. So the point is, you know, that's why going to the church really doesn't save you. It's good to be committed to the church. It's, it has its right place. It does, but it won't save you. Many people today have just added going to the church as another part of their schedule. In other words, they go to work Monday through Friday. They go to ball games on Tuesday night and Thursday night. They go to high school football games on Friday. They'll watch college games on Saturday. And then they'll go to church on Sunday. It's just part of their schedule. But going to church is one thing, and living church is another thing. Solomon is saying, be careful when you go to the house of the Lord and watch your step. Watch what you do when you go to church. Live it out. Live out what you've learned at church when you leave church. Point number three, he, he points out some things that we need to be careful about when we go to church. 
and he gives a, a warning there and uh, the A, I think it's A under the, under the outline point, be careful about listening. Do you see that in verse 5? Walk prudently when you go to the house of God and draw near to hear. Be careful about listening. You see, in those days when a person would offer a sacrifice, if it really didn't represent their heart, that sacrifice was not acceptable to God. Well, the Bible says that we're to offer a sacrifice to God daily. He says, he says that we need to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to the Lord, which is our reasonable service. So we're to offer our sacrifice of ourselves. And then we're to offer our contributions as a sweet-smelling sever, a sweet-smelling odor, our contributions. Now, when we offer our contributions, he's not talking about money. He's talking about worshiping. He's talking about offering yourself when you go to the house of the Lord as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to the Lord, which is your reasonable service. Offer your total being to God. And then offer your contributions. What's your contributions? You've made some this morning. I hope you have. Uh, we've had prayer. That's a contribution. We've had singing. That's a contribution. We've praised. That's a contribution. So he says, be careful and offer when you offer your sacrifices of contribution. Offer yourself, offer your attendance, offer your prayers, offer your, your singing, offer your giving. But notice the warning in verse 5, he's, uh, chapter 5, verse 1, he says, be more ready to hear than to give those sacrifices of foods. Don't matter how loud you sing, what you sing, praise songs, hymns, it doesn't matter how much you give. You know what we're supposed to give. But you know what he's looking for? He's looking, he's looking for our heart. He's wanting our heart to be in the right perspective when we come to church. Okay? It means you... Be ready to hear than to give those sacrifices of fools. Meaning you can't fool God with your singing and with your praying and with your giving. God knows the reality of what you're doing. He hears what you say. God knows what you do, why you do what you do. And if you think you can fool God with all of that other, all those other contributions and your heart not be right, he says you're a fool in thinking that. That's a fool's sacrifice. If you think you can fool God, then you're a fool because God knows the sincerity of your prayers. He knows the sincerity of your singing. He knows the sincerity of your giving. He knows the sincerity of your attendance if you're here because you want to be here or you was forced to be here or mom and daddy made you be here. He knows the seriousness of all those contributions and don't offer them like a fool. Look at verse 2. Do not be rash with your mouth, and let not your heart utter anything hastily before God. Don't be rash with your mouth. Moffat commentary says this. Don't let your heart hurry you into words. Don't let your heart hurry you into words. Don't be quick with what you say. Look at uh, verse 2. 
the B part of that verse. Let not your heart utter anything hastily before God. For God is in heaven and you're on earth. But does that mean that God's not concerned about my words? Sure, he, he's, he's everywhere. He's in heaven, but he's here today. He's, he's in our presence. That doesn't mean God's not here, but he's everywhere. He's omnipresent. So what's it saying? The C part of the point is we have to get ourselves in the proper perspective when we come into the house of God. We have to have the proper perspective when we come in. Usually it would help if it starts the night before. Getting ready to go to the house of the Lord, church on Sunday. So we have to have ourselves in that proper perspective when we come into the house of God. Do, do you believe God's here today? Amen. Really, though? Do we really believe that he's here? I mean, do you sense yourself? Do you sense the perspective that you have right now while, while you're standing or being seated before God this morning? While you were, sing were you singing personal love songs to God when you were singing? As you participated in worship? Is your heart so full of gratitude and praise that nothing's going to keep you from praising God this morning? Here's the point. We have to get ourselves in the right perspective when we come to God's house. We have to see God's greatness when we come to worship him. We have to, we have to be aware of his greatness, but at the same time be aware of our smallness when we come to worship God. Because, see, all of that is saying this, it's really not a flippant thing to come to the house of God on Sunday morning. We have to be in the right perspective. And we need to teach our children this too. We need to teach our children what it means to come to God's house, the place where we can communicate with God and worship God. You see, it's, it's not like going to a coliseum. It's not like going to a stadium like to, uh, to Denny Bryant Stadium or Bryant-Denny Stadium. It's not like going to Jordanair Stadium or to Parrish Stadium in uh, Phil Campbell. It's, it's not like going to the Golden Tiger Stadium in Russellville or anyone that you choose. Because we're not witnessing a sports event when you come to the house of God. You're coming into the presence of a holy God to worship him. So the point is, you're coming into the very presence of a holy God, so be careful what you say, keep your foot, watch your step, be careful what you do, and be much more anxious to hear from God than to speak to God. My goodness, you know all this was involved in coming to church, did you? Well, it is. Now, why? Why is that? Why, why, am I, why uh, do I need to listen? Why do I need to hear more than I need to talk? Well, when you come to a, a Bible-believing church, truth can be put in your mind that can change your life forever. If you'll just listen, God will say something that will change your mind forever. There will be people here today 
that will hear something in which they'll never be the same if their heart's in the right perspective. And with that said, you have, you and I both, we have the responsibility when we come to church to hear, to hear, to listen. The very fact that, you, that you've heard this morning has placed a great responsibility on you. Because when you hear from God, he's waiting for what? For you to respond to him. So you're accountable for the word you hear. The D part on number four, be prepared to respond to the message. You see, the fact that you're here lost without Christ and that you will hear the gospel of Jesus Christ places upon you accountability to God. You hear the gospel, that's from God, and that places an accountability on you to respond to that. Jerry Vine said this, I liked it. He said, I'd rather be in a dark jungle in Africa and never hear the gospel of Jesus Christ than to sit in a service and hear the gospel, then turn my back on God's only begotten Son. So coming back to God, living a life under the sun will draw you from God, draw you away from God. True joy can be found only in a personal relationship with God through the Lord Jesus. Solomon begins to return to God by going to the house of God. Solomon gives warning about going to the house of God, the church. Be careful about listening in worship. Offer a proper sacrifice in worship. Have the proper perspective while you worship. And be prepared to respond to the message. And so as I conclude this morning, do you find yourself in the same situation as Solomon found himself in? You're apart from God. You're just apart from God. But have you came to the same conclusion as Solomon that there's no true lasting joy apart from a personal relationship with God through his son Jesus Christ? You see, Solomon had tried it all and he discovered that life under the sun was just meaningless, a vexation of spirit. Therefore, he talked about a place that you could find that relationship. And where was it? It was in the house of God. So today, with that said, you're in the right place. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're in the right place. But are you in the right perspective is the question. Are you focused on your relationship with God this morning? Are you aware that you're in his presence this morning? If you're here and you're never been, you've never been saved, you're lost, do you, know, do you know that you're lost without Christ? Has that dawned on you? Perhaps God's speaking to you right now and your perspective is where it should be. Hey, I'm not going to heaven when I die. I don't know Jesus. Do you believe that you're lost without Christ? 
Do you believe the gospel? Do you believe that Christ came and he died on the cross for your sins where you could go to heaven when you die and your sins be forgiven? Do you believe that he was buried? and That he arose on the third day, he ascended into heaven. One day he's coming back. It's going to be really soon, I think. So what's the, what's the perspective? Be prepared to respond to the message if your heart's in the right perspective. When the invitation is given, God's invitation, stand up, say, I want to be saved. I want to come to Christ. God's drawing me to him. He's convicted me of my sin. He's convicted me of a need of a Savior. I must respond to that. I must give my heart and my life to Christ this morning. So respond to the message if your heart's in the right perspective. Well, what if you're a Christian here and you've departed from God? What's your perspective? You've wandered away. You know you've wandered away from God. I don't have to tell you you've wandered away from God. You sense that. God's speaking to you. You have a desire to come back to him today. God's spoken to you this morning. You need to come back to me. You're tired. You're weary. You're beaten down by living under the sun, being baked under the sun, under the earth's perspective. Tired, weary, beaten down. You've come here this morning. You've heard the message. Your heart's in the right perspective. So what do you do? You come back to God today. That's what you do. And so as Jesus calls you this morning... You come back to him. That's what you do. Coming back to God. As a Christian, been away, haven't been lost, being lost, coming to God for the first time. Let's bow our heads for a prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you for an opportunity we've had just to take two verses. Ecclesiastes 5, verse 1 and 2. So much in there. Thank you for speaking to our hearts this morning. Help us, I pray, Lord, to look at church altogether different after today. Help us to begin to prepare on Sunday night to get clothes laid out, get the children ready, Father, and get them encouraged about going to the Lord's house the next day. It's a trip we've got to make, we want to make. We're going to, we're going to be in the presence of God. We're going to worship Him tomorrow. We're going to be with other brothers and sisters as we worship. That's the right perspective. Then to come in and to hear from God and then to respond to the message. Right perspective. So help us, Lord, I pray, to have learned from your word this morning as the Spirit has taught us. I pray for every person here, for those who have never received you into their life to be their Lord and Savior. I pray today, Lord, that they'll come and say, Brother Sammy, I want to be saved. And I'll be able to share with them the glorious good news of Jesus Christ, the gospel of Jesus Christ. For those Christians who, for whatever reason, have walked away, this will be a time they respond to the message, Lord. Their heart's right, and they respond in rededication, recommitment to you. Whatever you're leading them to do is your Holy Spirit draws lost people to you and Christians to you. Lord, just be in, this, be in this invitation time, Lord. Speak to hearts, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.